Hey, Whoa, Jason. We're jumping jumping hey, right into it. Yeah, we jumped right into this. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today? I've still, I've, I've still got a concussion from last week, um, but I'm going to give you my best. So what did he do? You cut your finger? No, uh, I, had a, I was at a hardware store. Wow. I had a bunch of stuff fall on my head while I was looking at something on the bottom shelf, just out of the blue, just... Um, it sucks, man. So, the concussion's the worst part. So, so what happened? Did the... Um... Did actually something fall over on your head? Yeah, a, a pile of, you know, those big, heavy outdoor wooden brooms, uh -huh. a pile of those fell on my head. They, they uh weren't secured at the top. Uh, so, yeah, I had to rush off to the ER and get stitches. And then I'm dealing with the first concussion of my life, which sucks. Well, here's the good news. You probably thought all your music endeavors would, would make you rich, but it's the hardware store now that's going to make you rich. <sighs> I've always wanted my own hardware store. <laughs> so how much are you going to sue them for? i got to get the quote from the plastic surgeon because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried about appearances like this and, uh, you know, they had to cut my hair too. I don't have much hair to cut. So Wow, so the concussion, like... So were you like knocked out? No, uh, and, and I've never had a concussion. It didn't even cross my mind that I would get one. But uh, the day after it started to feel quite fuzzy and I thought maybe it was just bruising, but we're a week later, man. And I can't, I can't, um, I haven't coded at all in a week, which, you know, I'm Submit Hub's only coder. So that, that's, that's not good. And uh, thinking is difficult. So let's see how I do. <laughs> well, see. it seems like you're a pretty smart guy. And just let me start off and say, you know, Jason, I think Submit Hub is a genius platform. I really do. And um, I mean, especially for some of the listeners, I mean, if you're an artist, Submit Hub is absolutely the go-to place to connect with curators. I have been blogging for a long time and, um, and I know how important blogs it is for artists. Now we'll get that to in a second, like how important blogs are today. But as far as blogs, playlists, YouTube channels, TikTok influencers, I mean, this is a place for artists to truly to connect to those types of people. And honestly, your platform is a, is a game changer. It made a huge difference for bloggers like myself, where, as you said, that you started this blog because you were overwhelmed by emails. I mean, do you know how, do you know how many emails that I get as a blogger? I mean, you you know, Bill? it's, it's maybe like people don't believe us. It's maybe like 10 emails every 15 seconds. Um, That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and listen, the, the, the fact is that you built this. You're a blogger yourself. You built this because you were overwhelmed by emails. I get it. And um, this is how you started this platform. Now, let me ask you this. Where did you learn coding? Like, were you always a coder? I thought you were going to ask me how many emails I get now. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's probably double. No, uh, on Indie Shuffle, I average about three emails a week. Wow. Is it because it's all going to Submit Hub? 
So Dean, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. You can email Mailchimp and all of these other mailing lists, and you can tell them to blacklist your email address. Really? Yeah. Just in case, just in case you're curious, and then you you automatically get rid of all the mailing list people. Obviously, for any mailing lists I want, I use a different email address. But for my Indie Shuffle email address, I emailed Mailchimp, SendInBlue. Send grid, whatever all the main mailing list companies are. And I just said, put this email on your blacklist. And now whenever someone fires off an email with me as part of their list, I actually don't get it. So seriously, one or two emails a week. Uh, well, you with, know, Jason, here, here, here's the thing with me. It's like, I, I'm afraid of missing an opportunity. Yeah. I, and it's probably like, I'm not a hoarder at all. But I, there's, there's definitely my email inbox has to be more manageable. I mean, for instance, like in my inbox, I mean, listen, I mean, the last I would probably say, you know, 108, you know, uh, Hollix promo. Hello, Dean. We have a new album from Norwegian melodic death metal band, John Asher, Asher Media, Canadian, this is metal emails. LPR agency, rhythmic and hypnotizing new single. This was all within like a couple seconds. Um, but those are all probably mailing lists, right? Yes. Yes. Very unlikely to be personalized. Correct. Do you check them all? Uh, not even close. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. So um, where, where did you learn coding? Okay, back to yeah, back to the coding. Um, so I started Indie Shuffle in two thousand and eight ish, and part of it was building a website myself. And I think for many music bloggers back in the day, it was the same thing, right? You, you had a passion for sharing music. You needed a platform to do that. And so for me, I had to build a blog. I started on WordPress and you've got your WordPress website set up. And the next thing you know, you want a widget in the sidebar that shows you the 10 most popular uh, songs that you published in the last month. So then you go and you search WordPress for their plugins and you add that widget, but it doesn't look good and you want to get a little thumbnail. So you Google, how do I add a thumbnail to this widget? And then someone's got a snippet of code and you paste that in and your website crashes. Uh, so then you go back and you poke around a bit more and you figure out where you went wrong. And at the end of the day, that sort of trial and error is the way that I taught myself to code. So, and, and that just compounded, you know, that was 2008, it's now 2022. And up until 2013, I was just tinkering. But that was still five years of tinkering, you know, five, 10 hours a week of tweaking websites, changing border colors, making things bigger. And then I started working with other developers who, you know, the best example was I wanted a music player that kept playing while you navigated around Indie Shuffle. And only one other website in the world had that. It was called Hype Machine. They had this magic thing where you could click around and the song didn't stop. Um, SoundCloud didn't get that until 2014. And here I am in 2010 trying to figure out how to do that. So <laughs> I went on, on uh, it was like Upwork or Fiverr, one of those. I found a guy who knew how to do JavaScript and I gave him the prompt. So he coded it. And um, a few years later, when I started to do this stuff full time, I just went into his code and started to reverse engineer. They kind of read it and you go, okay, what if I change this or do that? Oh, that's how that works. Um, 
so it slowly built over time, but it was always centered around music platforms. And so uh, by the time 2015 rolled around and I was coding SubmitHub, I was able to take 10, you know, seven, eight years of, of experience that kind of led to that moment. And um, whipping up the initial version of SubmitHub took me three months. Yeah, it was three months of pretty fervent coding. I wasn't, I didn't have a girlfriend, wasn't married, didn't have kids. Um, All right. and, and it was like, it was every day, every day I was coding. And so yeah, three months, initial version of SubmitHub and um, I haven't really slowed down too much. I mean, now I've got two kids, a wife and so, okay, I've slowed down a lot. <laughs> so you're basically coding with self-taught. Mm, 100%. Now, now, let me ask you this. I mean, SubmitHub has grown exponentially, right? I mean, it's it's grown in popularity. It's grown in submissions. I mean, as a blogger on SubmitHub, I've seen like, I forget how long I've been on there for, but- um, You've there had 42,000 submissions. How many submissions? 42,000. 42,000, okay. I think. Now. That's a lot. It is. Is that 42,000 submissions a day? Uh, no, you- Personally, oh, I have forty two thousand. Oh, got I've it. I've had forty two thousand. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't know why I get so much. Um, well, one is one is you've been on there for a long time. The other one's you're in this really good bloggers program, and yep. you actually write high quality content on your blog, which is I think something that people are still keen on to this day. So yeah, you know, you know, let's talk about blogs for a second. You know, I read by the way, I. It was uh, last Sunday, I was driving around and uh, I know we were supposed to be talked last Monday, but I was listening to some of your podcasts, which I really enjoyed. And- um, Good, good. <laughs> you, you mentioned that as a blogger, that blogs were pretty much cool in, uh, I mean, from like the 2000s to 2000, uh, maybe like 15, 16. And, um, you know, first of all, that's how, by the, by the way, Jason, just to know my background, that's kind of how I got into the business. And I was actually, Kings of A&R was the first blog before blogs. Uh, I came back, I would probably say, you're like, wait, wait, let me That's a long time, out. yeah. Yeah, long time. 90s? 90s, 90s, you got it. You, st you started in the 90s, because I know Pitchfork launched in like 99 or 98. I, I, I was right around in that <clears throat> 98, 99 category. This is before Billboard, I think, was online. Wow. So first, one of the, we were the first music blog, I think, truly in existence. It was another site that I actually kind of copied um, that's no longer online. But anyway, as you mentioned, the blogs, do they still have influence? And you're like, not like they used to. And I would say, what does have influence today? Nothing. <laughs> and, and, and you also said that Google actually killed off everything that's unique and independent. And right? Facebook too. But yeah, and, Google and, and did. Uh, and Spotify. Yeah. So my question yeah. is, as you said, okay, blogs were killed off. As far as killed off, no, they exist. But we're talking about what are critical mass drivers? I think that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, blogs were tipping points. Uh, they, were, they were. They could do it. They, they could really do it. could push someone from, from nothing to headlining Coachella within a year. Right. So today, yeah. 
is there one single outlet that is a tipping point anymore? No, no, it, it's, um, it's really difficult. And I think I don't have the, I don't have the answer to that. If I did, I'd probably be pushing that channel and, and doing it. I think the internet has become so crowded with noise and so many artists have learned to utilize and leverage that. Um, I mean, if you go back to 2008, 9, 10, all the way up to 14, the majority of musicians themselves weren't uploading songs for distribution, right? Distributors didn't exist. SoundCloud was maybe it. There wasn't, there wasn't the Jason, did we lose Jason? Did we lose Jason? La 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 la. All right. <clears throat> okay. So um. Okay, we're back. Yeah, we're back. What so, what has replaced it? Or what 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 was the question? <laughs> what has replaced the blogs? Is the, is there a way to do that? Um, no. So I think I was I was making the point that the internet has become so noisy today that it's next to impossible to to really stand out. And even when you do have these standout moments, you get you get swallowed up so quickly. Um, I was on your website and I saw that you've got a quote from a band called Freedom Fry mm -hmm. on there. And this is a band that's that's leveraged Submit Hub a lot over the years, right? And now they're up to a couple million monthly listeners. Um, and that's not necessarily because of Submit Hub, but they've been persistent over the last five years. Without a doubt. The other thing they do, and, and this, you know, more than Submit Hub, this is, they have a song, like, I've never seen such a prolific band. Once every two weeks, once every month, they're releasing a new single consistently for five years now. Maybe it's because they live together um, well, they're married, but they, they, they can make, they're making so much music. And a lot of it, I'm not that into, but sometimes I am. And we blog that and they're just hammering every single one through. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if you go into this hoping that you'll be, you know, the Lana Del Rey or Kid Cudi or Tudor Cinema Club or Falls or whatever of that, that golden era of blogging, where a couple of good songs had you blow up and become a household name, it's not going to happen today. Um, right. There are so few artists who have managed to pull that off. The one popping into my head as one of the more recent is Billie Eilish, and it's already been a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Correct. Who, who else since then? I, I mean, there's there's like some dudes with dreadlocks, the Island Boys. You know, they had a little bit of violence. It's just, it's so hard. And so, so I don't think that there is a uh, a magic bullet to do it anymore. And, and 10 years ago, there was, if you knew the right publicist, they could get you on 50 music blogs on Pitchfork, in Rolling Stone, on Spin, and boom, you're headlining Glastonbury. You know, it's, it's, it's next to impossible to pull that off now, um, let alone the fact that when these festivals roll around, you are actually still competing with all of these artists who, who made it big during blogging. Uh, and right. they're still releasing music, and most of it's pretty good, and they've got major label backing. Um, now, you know, Jason, you mentioned um, Hype Machine and um, as being really influential. I remember Hype Machine. I never really thought Hype Machine was a good name because of hype. Uh, you know, <laughs> I always kind of thought Buzz was better than hype. But um, Buzz Machine. Oh. Yeah, Buzz Machine. But what's honestly is I was actually, you know, my blog was one of the pioneers. And I mean, we, my blog has pushed 
countless number of artists into the major label world. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and I had influence, but I was never really part of the hype crew. And what's funny is they never listed my blog. And I think because they never viewed my blog as being independent, they actually oh. thought somehow I was part of some type of major label arm. Okay. Interesting. All right. know, know what I mean? So I know they were very, very picky and they would never uh, clarify why they had made a decision one way or the other. Although I suppose we do a bit of the same on Submit Hub. Right. Yeah. It, it, it was just, you know, listen, most of the blogs that were on Hype, I never even heard of. I mean, it was like these are, I mean, it was like a an aggregate of blogs that I was not sure. I mean, I heard of some, of course, but but what's interesting is, so yeah, I remember Hype Machine and they, they made a splash. And um, I think with Hype Machine in, in itself, it wasn't necessarily the blogs that were popular on Hype Machine. I think it was Hype Machine putting it out the press that they were aggregating somehow um, this curated information that they were kind of picking some of the next big hot artists. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, um, Hype Machine did a really good job of filtering through the noise and they became really important for A&R teams at major labels who would, I know of multiple teams who would sit down every Friday to have a meeting to listen through what was on the popular chart and discuss whether they could book anyone. So <laughs> Hype Machine themselves didn't start doing anything editorial until after they had started to descend. Um, and everything was just based on how many blogs were writing about a specific artist. So, uh, you know, as a blogger, we, we, we figured out how to game their system so that we were almost always, you know, number one on the popular chart in terms of who blogged it. But Hype Machine was incredibly useful for filtering through that noise. They were that A&R filter. And the other thing they had going for them is that Spotify didn't exist. YouTube music didn't exist. Apple Music didn't exist. Deezer didn't exist. People were still downloading MP3s, downloading albums on torrents. And, and Hype Machine and Indie Shuffle saw immense amounts of traffic because we were streaming services. We were what people listened to for their music. And today, music blogs have lost a lot of that traffic because if I'm paying Spotify $10 a month, I'm going to use it. And if I want to listen to music, I'm going to go to Spotify and do it. So it, it's, it's clunky these days for the average consumer to try hop on a, a music blog and filter through it for songs. They're not going to do that. It's not a fun experience. I just want to sit here, hit play, and then scroll through my, my Instagram feed, right? It's, right? it's a different landscape. And that's why I say, you know, blogs don't have the traction that they did, but so much doesn't because today it's all this, you know, TikTok, right? We're, we're, we're experimenting a lot with how we can help expose artists on TikTok and Instagram. And the conclusion we've come to is that it's not going to help you pick up a bunch of listeners. That's it. You should not use influencer submissions on Submit Hub if your goal is to find new fans. It's just not, believe it or not, it's not going to work. There's only two reasons you do it. Number one, to try and fill up your um, feed. I don't know if you've noticed, but on TikTok and Instagram, you can open up a song and see all the videos associated with it, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So one thing you can do is basically pay to just fill that up so you don't look like, you know, no one's paying attention to the right. song. 
looks sort like of a fake fans. it. And a lot of major labels do that, right? They'll pump a bunch of money into getting 200 videos into that feed so that if anyone opens up this artist, they don't look like they're, they're falling flat. At least looks like they're buzzing. But that doesn't actually take off in any way. So that's one strategy you can use. And the other one uh, is it is useful to get individuals to create content for you. So I'm paying people essentially to make mini music videos to my song. And those aren't gonna go viral on TikTok or Instagram, but where they're useful is I can now actually share that with my fan base and try to keep them engaged. Wow, what a tangent I just went on. But uh, it all comes back to your, your question of how, how do you make it these days? Can anyone sort of pop out the way that a music blog used to do it? And generally speaking, the answer is no. I mean, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to get a, a number of publicists to weigh in on that because I'm sure they'd have interesting perspectives. But my right. guess is that the majority of them would say it's just about persistence. You just got to be consistent in your approach, keep pushing it and, and try for that freedom fire. Freedom fry. fry. My, my brain is fried. Uh, <laughs> uh that freedom fry well well you know Jason, well, well I, I agree and and here's the thing that as tiktok you know as it grew as it grew in, in popularity do you have a tough time keeping the quality of artists the same because generally speaking when right a, a platform kind of introduces itself out to the marketplace it wants to have new hip music. Entertainment is built on new hip and modern. I mean, not, not, nothing against the 70 year old guy, you know, with a flute. I, I'm not against that because he has a passion, but I yeah. mean, let's, but, but let's be, let's be practical here. I mean, he's not going to probably grace the cover of, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get myself into trouble. But my spin magazine there it is right behind you spin magazine it. there you go yeah so how, how do you do you my point is as the platform grows submissions grow popularity do you have a hard time keeping quality well we don't we don't get involved in the quality right. but i would say overall as a curator myself so with indie shuffle we have done 10,000, well, tens of thousands of reviews. I don't know how many I've done. Probably a similar number to you. I would say by and large, the quality consistently goes up because access to tools is becoming easier and easier. And the understanding of those tools is easier and easier. It's, it's, I can't remember the last time I got a submission where it sounded like it was recorded on an iPhone. In fact, Today, you can record stuff on an iPhone and it sounds good. So, <laughs> right, it's true. I would say that the difficulty is actually that the quality of music is, is on average really good. The average is really good. And a lot of artists don't understand that to stand out on, on a platform like Submit Hub or just in general, being good is not it. You have to, you have to be incredible, you have to be in the top. 2%, you have to consistently pull off songs that just make people click somehow. Um, you have probably have to have something interesting going on with your, your style, your personality, whatever, you know, that extra art that Prince or Elton John or whomever had. Um, it's, it's, 
it's difficult. And I, I don't think it's because the quality is going down. I would actually say that over the years, the quality has been going up and that makes it, that makes it harder. I don't know if you've had a similar experience. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I can't say, I, it's tough for me to say, I, I just, with Submit Hub, I just put my genres in that I'm looking for, which is kind of like electro, indie rock, chill, uh, stuff that I would listen to, of course. And um, I would probably say that for the most part, the quality has remained consistent and it delivers exactly what I signed up for. Now, as far as like, by the way, here's another thing I like about Submit Hub for artists. Well, I think it's a game-changing platform because you're, you're kind of allowing artists to do the dirty work. I mean, if, if an artist... An artist should be his own PR. I think it's an artist just taking money and handing it over to the PR. I think it's kind of lazy. I, I think it's good, but I think it's laziness. I mean, the artist should live the life of a PR agent for at least some time to understand what they're dealing with and what the world is like. And Submit Hub gives that artist a brief kind of boot camp of playing the middleman mm. of like the so-called label and media outlets. They get to yep. see the rejection. They get to see not for us, not for me. We don't like what we're hearing. It's important for the artist to hear that because this is guys, the real world. And that's what many, I love. Many do not realize that. Well, uh, well, guess what? It's a wake-up call because yeah, I'd uh, love to put you on our customer support for a couple of days. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's a yeah. wake-up call, and yeah. and I, and I want to tell you, if you can't handle Submit Hub, then you're not going to handle the artist field. If you can't handle rejection, like just cut your losses early, because in any business, it's no, 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 and you get a couple of yeses, but. Give me like an artist has a budget, right? I mean, they, they record a record and listen, an artist has worked hard, okay? They, they, they develop their craft. They work with songwriters. They got their voice in tip top shape. It's like they make a record, they want to promote it, okay? How much money should they set aside for Submit Hub, conservatively speaking? $20. <laughs> That's it? Um. So when an artist first approaches Submit Hub, I think a good approach is to start small just to get a taste for it. I think a lot of artists who walk away uh, with missed expectations are the ones who actually jump in and spend $200 off the bat. You, you're casting your net quite wide and you're gonna get a lot of rejection up front. And I think I've seen that artists who tend to have more success with the platform actually start out a lot smaller. So hone in on your genre and then identify curators who really, really, really align with the type of stuff you do. And rather than costing your net out to 100 of them, choose 10 who super duper align with your ethos, your style. It looks like there's going to be a good shot. And then hope for 20 or 30% of them to enjoy your song enough to share it. Um, but I, I think starting small generally as an artist approaching Submit Hub is a good idea because you, you otherwise you're just rushing into something without fully understanding it. There, there's a learning curve to it as well, right? Got it. So you're saying start small until you get the feel for it 
And then as you build relationships through your platform, you, your budget can get bigger. Now, yeah. now Once you, this, there's a really good podcast that um, came out about a year ago with a, a guy named James who runs rock metal something on Submit Hub uh, and an artist named Ascension Everest. And they discussed this strategy, both of them uh, have, have done submissions and they discussed this strategy and it actually made a lot of sense to me where they, they start really small and hyper-focused and then grow from there. Once they've got an idea of how the song is being received, who might be interested in it, and then they expand. But with that small, you know, initial $20 investment, you can learn a lot about whether you're, whether this is the right song, whether you're targeting the right people. Um, and, and hopefully you can build some relationships so that by the time you're freedom fry, you come back for your 40th single that you're submitting through SubmitHub, anyone who receives it goes, I know exactly who this is and what I'm about to dive into. Let's go. Um, you, you know, I, yeah. I want to tell you, it's like when I go to SubmitHub, what I do is I, I check it maybe like maybe three... Uh, as um and by the way, when you're running Indie Shuffle, are do you do the are you are you the blogger? Are you putting everything in Indie Shuffle as well? Uh, there, so there are three of us choosing the editorial content for Indie Shuffle: myself, Dylan, and Jamie. And the three of us also all work on Submit Hub. Okay, um, so but you do yeah. personally work on Indie Shuffle. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Okay. Um, we, and you we actually... do have a contractor who actually writes a lot of the content for us, but we're choosing those songs. So I am the one every day, uh, myself and Jamie primarily are the ones going through Indie Shuffle's submissions every day. By the way, that's, that's great to know because like Kings of A&R, like I am the, I am the main blogger and I have, I had other people contribute over the course of the years, but it, it's something that I love doing every morning because it, it keeps my head in the business. It keeps me mm. knowing exactly what's going on. Like the minute I feel that you're removed from like the core of, I don't care how much money you're making. I don't care how much your responsibility grows in life. But if, if you remove yourself from that, that bottom on the street thing, you've completely removed yourself from the actual business. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think that's why you see me in the in the chat rooms so much on Submit Hub. That's actually one of the reasons I made the chat rooms. Was it it I does do. give me an opportunity to be front facing with everyone to to hear their gripes and communicate with them. And then of course, yeah, listening to and responding to submissions is an important way of keeping keeping grounded. But but you what you were talking about in Submit Hub was familiarity. And that's what I do. So when I log on to Submit Hub, the first thing that I do, especially if I'm in one of those days where I don't really have time to, to I don't have that hour block to like, okay, let me just spend an hour and just pinpoint what I'll do is I'll look for artists that have sent me submissions in the past. So I'll go through the first three pages and I'm like, oh yeah, we featured this one before. Mm -hmm. And it's like, except oh yeah so as you say it, it's a relationship with them and sometimes i'll accept them without even listening to the song because i know what, I, I, well <laughs> well no well well but it's not based on just pure blind faith it's based right, right. on that the previous stuff was really good and the way i submit an artist is it's not just about the latest song it's about their overall portfolio if that makes any sense mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
that's that's the way my, by the way kings of a and r was built it was a built yeah i had to like the track but it was more than that so let me ask you this uh now okay you said uh, you, you basically said that come in with a smaller budget get the feel grow your budget can grow as you understand the platform so now feedback artists can actually get feedback from bloggers and influencers on your platform mm -hmm. now i don't normally give feedback because there's okay. a reason why generally my understanding is in life people don't like criticism generally true yeah so whether i say whether it's true false or indifference it's usually met with a middle finger so how do you, now do you get a lot of bloggers giving feedback on tracks 99.9 percent. .9%. so i'm the few that will not do that very much so true yeah okay it's it, look feedback's a really important part of submit hub and just before i i received my concussion for anyone who's wondering what this is about we rolled out a major update to submit hub around feedback and the goal with this was to try and make feedback more valuable for artists and a lot of that pivots around what you've just said that many artists don't want specific critique of their work so the major change that we've done is to actually ask them up front, do you want critique or do you want the curators to be gentle? If you want critique, we'll ask them to be honest and we allow the artist to provide a prompt. For example, what do you think of the lyrics or what do you think of the vocals or how's the mix? Um, and we warn them up front that the feedback you get is going to be opinionated and you might not agree with it. If you choose the gentle option, we say, cool, well, they're, they're going to be gentle with you when they give their feedback. We'll still ask them to prove that they listen to the song. So in our feedback, we want our curators to at least say something that gives evidence that they listen. So I like the guitar solo. And then the second part is why are you declining? So either you're going to say, I like the, the guitar solo, but overall, this song feels quite dated. Or... If you want to be gentle, you could say, I really like the guitar solo, but we're trying to focus on things that are a bit more modern. So it's a, it's a subtlety to the way you present it. But I think that if you ask the artist up front whether they want criticism or not, uh, it at least sets the expectation so that when they do get that criticism, it's not a surprise and, and you kind of signed up for it. So what we found in the uh, week and a half since launching this, and I've got a big write-up on SubmitHub under submithub.com slash stories about this, um, what we found is that 65% of artists are opting for the specific feedback. They want, they want people to critique them. Uh, and the phrase we actually use is, do you have tough skin? If so, choose this option. Um, then uh, the other 35% is split fairly evenly between artists who want curators to just go easy on them. And actually a third option where they say, I don't want any feedback, just listen for 90 seconds at least. So um, it's, it's or, or, or maybe in some uh, way surprising. Or, or maybe a button, if you want your ego killed, press here. Yeah. 
but it is kind of like that and we're finding that a lot more artists are into it and you know one of one of the big issues we've been dealing with over the years is that you'll have some artists say man the feedback on submit hub is super duper vague these guys they all say they love the song but it's not a good fit for them come on uh, and on the other side you get artists to say dude don't tell me anything about my song just tell me it's not a good fit i don't want to hear anything specific so right. we've been struggling for years to balance these two sets of expectations and i, I do hope that this change that we made a week and a half ago and, and that was, and, and that. by the way and that was me jason i was more or less i would tell the artist that it's not a bad song it's just not the right fit and mm. I don't want to get any, it was, and I don't want to get anything more into that because it would have been a disservice to the artist. But as you said, I definitely had artists come to me and say, wow, Dean, the, the, the reviews on submit hub. I mean, some of these, these, you know, critics, they just killed it. They killed me. And I, I'll look yeah. at the, and I'm like, well, that's okay. I mean, you, you know, listen, I, I, I quickly tell artists, do you know most artists have more haters than they do lovers? And there's nothing wrong with, with getting people to, to you know, I, I mean, look at that. Who was that artist that sang that song, Dance Monkey? She was from, she was from Australia. Tones and I. Okay. Okay. <laughs> No, All right. Doesn't ring about. Okay. But by the way, you know what's crazy is this shows you how fragmented we are because you say you're not familiar with the song Dance Monkey by Tones and I, Australia. This song was like the second biggest song in 2019 behind Lewis Capaldi's Someone You Loved. I mean, it was like the fa one of the I fastest don't know growing songs. That surpassed like have you heard of lewis capaldi no okay there you go I there think you, you go just proved your point i yeah. it, it, it it did it proved my point by the way that's not uncommon but here's the thing it can it can kill your ego let me ask you this do you think will smith could handle submit hub sure i think any celebrities used to uh a good well, amount well, of haters out there but well, well do you hear what happened to will smith I, I think he slapped Chris Rock. Right. Because he couldn't take a joke, right? Is that it? I, I, I think, I don't know what's going on with his wife, but has she got cancer or something? No, you know what it was, I know. It, it, she had she's actually- hair. Yeah, it, it, she, she doesn't have a terminally ill disease. It, it is like, I forget, okay. I forget what the medically, I forget what the medical okay. condition is caused, but it was- Look, it was You know, the Oscars wanted something noteworthy and they got it. So no. in, in some ways, maybe Will Smith was actually just helping and it was all, uh, so, all so, set up. So Jason, so give me like five submit hub tips. Like let's one low, start with a small budget Two. Uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Submit hub's not going to be the one thing that breaks you. Um, as, as an artist these days, you've got to take a multifaceted approach to growing your fan base. Uh, okay. And everyone starts out small. You can't expect to blow up overnight. But um, SubmitHub is just one tool in a toolkit. There are many other ways to do it. And SubmitHub definitely doesn't work for everyone. It's difficult on there, uh, especially when you consider how many artists you're competing against. So my first two suggestions are, <laughs> are not strong business cases, but 
smaller budget, more focused. Second, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Explore things like Instagram advertising. Uh, definitely pick up your social media game. You got to be on TikTok, Instagram, do all of these things. But actually, most importantly, when it comes to those is do the things that you're comfortable doing. Don't force yourself to do TikTok if you don't care about TikTok. Don't force yourself to do Instagram if you don't. Because um, you're not going to care about your fan base there either. It's not where you want to be. Um, so that's one thing. Spread out your eggs. Okay. Now, Jason, you mentioned... Go on. Go. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Okay. That's uh, two. Okay, yeah, let's hear three, four, and five. Jeez, man. I mean, you're putting me on the spot, so I have to, I have to just think these through. Well, I heard, um, this I heard this stuff before, so I just want to see if you remember this stuff. I heard, oh, you mentioned, I heard you mentioned five tips, I think. I think I did. Oh, I've got, con I've got a concussion. So I'm going to oh, give so you five new tips. <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's good. No, but um, first of all, I, I mean, you know, you're doing great. Uh, what about being focused? Like don't, like, don't spread. What about being focused as an artist? Like when you go to Submit Hub, it could be overwhelming. But I mean, what about... Right. So honing in on your genre is an important one and, and trying to find curators who like that. So there's some things that you can flip through pretty easily on Submit Hub to, to um, in a way, level up the success rate quite quickly. Um, so one is to focus on people who, after you've selected your genres, have a genre match score of eight of 10 or higher. So the genre match score is something that, you know, I wrote a little formula behind the scenes that basically looks at Kings and A&Rs, enabled genres, your approval rates within each genre and how they compare to your other genres. So I can figure out which ones you enjoy more than others. And then I compare you to all the other curators like that genre too. And it's, it's a pretty complex thing I managed to uh, write. Uh, I must've been super stoned or something, but I got it. I got through it. It was, so this is like a, a number of weighted factors to go into. And I, I nailed it, I think. Um, but what comes out is a genre match score. And the genre matches, uh, if it's above eight out of 10, it means that they really tend to focus on that genre more than their others. The second piece to look at is what their actual approval rate is. So now let's say you're submitting to Indie Shuffle. I think we have an approval rate of about 3%. But in some genres, we might have an approval rate of 6%. The signal that sends to the genre match score is that we actually like that genre more than any of the other genres we have enabled. And so there's a pretty strong genre fit. But the secondary piece that's important there is that we only have a 6% approval rate. So you might come along and compare us to Kings of A&R who, making up your percentages here, but you've got a 15% average, but only a 10% in this genre. Your 10% is actually better than my 6%. So I factor that into the genre match score. But what I'm saying here is that genre match like two things to look at, genre match score and approval rate. So if you try to target 20 blogs who have an average approval rate of 2%, chances are all 20 of them will reject you. So what we like to do is that we suggest that, that artists and publicists sort of mix up their bag a little bit, almost like you're betting on a horse race. Mm -hmm. You put your money on, put a little bit of money on the surefire bets. So look at, you know, if you've got 10, 20 people you're going for, maybe target 10 of them who have... Um, or even 15 of them who have this sort of 10 to 30% approval range. What okay. that means is that in that 15, you might walk away with four, five, six approvals, right? Right. Then you can take your long shots, go for, you know, the indie shuffles, the Kings of A&R, all these, these, you know, old school established blogs who have super, super duper critical taste. And maybe they only have a two or 3% approval rate and put them on the side. So that's kind of the people who are long shots. You know, there's a bigger payoff but you've set your expectations that they're, they're not going to do as well. So I suppose 
Tip number three there. Maybe that was three, four, and five. But you're looking at genre match and approval rates. And if you can combine both of those, you can um, you can get a bit of a mixed bag to your submission that ends up getting you some positive results. And maybe you'll get one or two of those long shots as well. Okay, so we have one start with a smaller budget. Uh, what was yeah. the second? What was the second one? Second tip. Oh, Dean, why are you doing this to me, man? I know. I, I, I just want to see how how well you're doing with a. By the way, you're doing great. I understand having a concussion. It could definitely. Uh, we had a, we had um, approval. Um, we had genre matching, genre match, and approval rate. Okay. No That's man, there was another one, but those were the other ones. <laughs> okay. Well, well, you know, I think people this got this um, by now. Now, I'm, here's the thing I want to know. Why is my, I'm looking at oh, my- It's so frustrating how my brain just sort of shuts down. Anyway. So my response, my, 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 my submission, my statistics seems like it's similar to Indie Blog. But what I don't, let me ask you this. Why when it comes to, I'm a little upset here, Jason. Why is oh. my influential rating like seven out of 10? Well, that means that you're uh, more influential than 70% of the other curators. Okay. Um, okay. Because see, I didn't realize not only does Submit Hub kill the artist ego, but it kills the blogger's ego. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. With I don't you. Know. Okay. Great. I'm joking. So, all right. Sorry. Now, I've just skewed it also that Indie Shuffle's a 10 out of 10 and everything less is just... Uh, <laughs> I, but you own the platform. There could be some yeah. biasness, all right? You've, you've, earned, <laughs> you. You, you've earned that. Now, let me... Now, I'm just going to just, again, touch on this one second. Submit Hub is rather uh, pretty inexpensive for an artist that can open up their world to a full of opportunities. I mean, think about this. Think about this. I'll give you. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That was the other one. Right. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Sorry. But but but, but here here is Submit Hub for an artist can open up a world full of opportunities. For, literally, okay. he, here's an example. An artist goes on Submit Hub, and. They submit to Kings of A&R. And I put them on Kings, do a nice feature, do out an email blast, put them on the socials. And the artist says to me, wow, Dean, because I was featured on your site, I landed on Spotify's Fresh Finds. Ooh, nice. And then you have another artist says the same thing, Fresh Finds. And then what happened is, they have now have been into this Spotify fresh finds rhythm. By the way, this is countless artists that I featured that will get on Spotify fresh find. That's just one of, of many examples. So think about this. Fresh finds could land in the new music Friday. So because you submitted to one blog through submit hub, it has introduced you to a major Spotify editorial playlist that can open up new windows. It started with Submit Hub, 
to a blog to Spotify. Is it the be all end all? No, of course not. But there's never be all end all in life. Here is another thing that I, I think I heard you mention, Jason. You mentioned that you kind of felt bad for artists because you've heard that they had to spend money on everything. I mean, think about this. They got to spend money on recording. They got to spend money on. And then when it comes to promotion, they got to spend money. And I, and I mentioned that you felt bad a little bit. But let me tell you something. And I thought about this when you said this. The artist today has become the label. The artist for a long time wanted major labels to disappear and go away. I mean, I, I was been in the business. I consulted for labels. I worked at labels. Artists, they like dream. They they went to bed every night, praying to God, please let there be a demise of the major labels, for they are bad, wicked men, and mm -hmm. they destroy artists. And I can't necessarily say that was all. I can't say that's false, but I can't say it's all true. So an artist now today is the label. So that means the artist puts the bill like a label. So when I'm at labels, these are the bills the labels footed. They paid for a PR guy, several thousand dollars a month, label, while paying for an in-house PR person. So a label was paying a salary for in-house PR and also at times paid for an outside independent PR. Could be, who knows? $12,000, $15,000 a month between salary and in-house. Guess what? They paid for placement companies. They paid for photographers. You know how much photographers would charge labels? 25 k a photo shoot. Imagine a photographer billing a label $25,000 for a crappy photo shoot. Uh, producers would charge fifty dollars to $300,000 per album. Per album. Okay? Um. Let's not forget they would pay a video promo guy. Let's not forget labels would have web promo and tour support. So guess what? A, a label would spend at least a half a million dollars for a new artist, basically paying everyone from their mom, their son to their daughter. So an artist cannot be shocked when they have to put out and are being a label and put out a little bit of money. Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, both. <laughs> wow. Let's start with the wrong part. Well, I think those numbers are perhaps representative of what major labels will pump into some of their larger artists. I have a few friends who are signed to major labels and, and got signed in 2013, 2014. And the, the forwards that they would get were more around um, $45,000 a year in salary plus all their expenses covered. Um, and, and that's for Universal Music Group, pretty major label. Um, the other one to keep in mind is that I guess the idea of a label as the business is that you're going to use your A&R resources to sign bands that are a pretty good bet. In, in many ways, you're a stock trader, right? Mm -hmm. You tend to look for artists that have some history. It's very rare that I think a label would put that much money behind a brand new artist, right? They're going to look for someone who has some traction and you're going to want to invest in them, hoping that you'll get a return on your investment. Um, so 
I think in some ways it's a slight apples to oranges comparison, but you're not wrong that today artists themselves are actually a label in and of themselves. They, they have all that power, which means there's a hundred percent potential upside on their work, right? Right. The, the risk is now solely with them. <laughs> so it becomes a question of how much money you're going to spend. And um, unfortunately for many artists, it still is a world where those who spend the most money see the most success. Um, there is an artist on Submit Hub named uh, something. Oh man, I can't, I can't remember. There's an artist on Submit Hub who has definitely put hundreds of thousands of dollars into promoting themselves, not just on Submit Hub, but elsewhere. Sure. And you can see that they spent that much money up front. And for the first many years of that campaign, I don't think they were making that money back. Another one might be Dax. Can you tell me, is this comp? I mean, I actually may know that artist who you're referring to, who submitted to me. Can you name them or can't you? Yeah, sure. Look, some of these artists, they basically cost their net so wide. Sure. They just chuck a bunch of money behind it. Yeah, he's right. Dax is one of them. He puts tons of money behind the completely wrong genres. He's a hip hop artist and he'll show up on all the indie rock ones, everything like that, because he's trying to right. um, do, do, do this guy. Who's the other one I'm thinking of? Kid Travis. Kid Travis. That's the one I was thinking of. Okay. Kid Travis is another example of someone just casting their net really wide. They're spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars promoting themselves across multiple different platforms with the hope that you know, with a 5% success rate, if you spend that much money, you're going to fake it until you make it. Uh, and, and at that point, your following looks so good and your engagement is so good that you end up getting booked to play all of these major festivals because you're going to pull an audience. Um, so Kid Travis today is at 2.8 million monthly listeners. Um, that's great. But I think part of the strategy on his side is he wasn't coming in and spending $20 He's spending at least $1,000 on every submission that he does. Um, and he's been doing that for years now, multiple songs a year, um, possibly even one a month. And these guys keep doing it. Dax is another one I know. Whoever's behind their team, if they're spending $1,000 per single on Submit Hub, you can bet your buttons. They're also out there paying radio stations, which obviously you're not supposed to do, but they're, you know, people do it. Um, they're pushing it from every, every angle that they can, because, um, who knows? I, I mean, you gotta, you, you really have to put that investment in. So, so Jason, um, so this so, all does come back to your point that the major labels today will sink 500 K into a, a very promising act. So Jason, um, where do you see submit hub going? Like, geez. I mean, you're doing your, where, where do you see it going? Right now, I don't see anything. Um, it's all just a little blurry in my vision. My brain's breaking down on that question. Um, okay, that's all right. So, look, Jason I don't, Dean, I don't have a long-term plan here, right? Um, one thing I, I think I've mentioned on other podcasts is that if, you, if it's about music discovery and introducing artists to people who will connect with their music, it's important to keep in mind at what stage of a person's life they're most receptive to 
discovering new music and for the broader population that's often between the age of 20 well 18 to 25. If I reflect back on on where I sort of made some of my favorite acts and learned the most it would go back to that age and so one of the elements that's important with the future of submit hub is to keep an eye on where that demographic is discovering music because if we can tap into that and allow artists to connect with them we're going to be in a better position uh to actually to actually make a useful product that helps people i mean that's really it and so that's that's why we've poured so much time into TikTok and Instagram, because right now this is where people are consuming music, at least within that demographic. I'm still not convinced that that's where they're actually forming connections with artists. Um, but Patrick, part of the future of Submit Hub is, is, is making sure that we are, are still relevant in that. So right i mean well, well well listen i, I lost think, their relevancy because they were stuck in in the blog right well, well pivot out absolutely <laughs> no no you're, you're you're right and um listen i think as long as there you have tiktok which is a game changer as long as there's create there's always going to be bloggers creators influencers people that write so Yes, we have these major platforms, big tech, big tech killed everything, but you're still going to have independent people that, that talk about music and that's going to be important for the artist. So I think like as far as Submit Hub, there's always going to be a place. And, and you know what? And, and it was amazing, right, Jason? You never know which way the pendulum's going to swing in the world. You never know. But let me Not ask you this. Tech TikTok. This they, they launched a new free distribution service, right? Called Sound On. Yes. So is that the end? Because if you go on Submit Hub, you'll you'll see the the distributor that the artist submitted through, whether it's DistroKid, whether it's TuneCore, whether it's AWOL. So do you think this new TikTok distribution Sound On? You think that's the end? of all those other independent online distributors? Well, they all have different payment models. Um, TikTok is free. SoundOn offers 100% of royalties the first year. And after that, they offer 90%. But are they distributing to all of them or just yes. TikTok? All of them, Spotify, all of them. Yeah, I mean, what a good deal, right? Yeah, it's, it's free. TikTok's 100%. So you get 100% of royalties. Yep. Global distribution. You know what's interesting here is when I get on this website, they don't actually say that they're going to put it on on Spotify. It, it is. You actually check out all the stores. You get it on Spotify, Apple Music, and everything. It's global distribution. What stores can I distribute to? Every store. Uh, TikTok and Reso, including Apple Music, Deezer, Jukes, Pandora, and Spotify. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you get 100% of your royalties. That's pretty dope. Um, and then 90% afterwards. So you are giving up 10% after, which might not work for some people, right? You still have a district kit as a, as a subscription basis. So you're paying, what, $10 per year per song right. or something? But, but TikTok, um, but to me, this has become a major threat because TikTok has a captive audience. They're going to have like yeah. their own kind of playlists. 
and I don't know. I think it's going to truly disrupt the uh, distribution world as far as when it comes to TuneCore, DistroKid, Ditto Music. Those yeah, yeah. It's it. It might. It might. Um, I know. I mean, I know Symphony, for example, is one of the the medium-sized distributed players out there, and they just picked up thirty-seven million dollars in funding about two weeks ago. So there's still a big market out there. DistroKid is pulling billions. Um, well, oh, so they've got a they've got a billion dollar plus valuation. Um, now, now, Jason, you seem to be like a very you know you, you're a coder. You understand this stuff. The TikTok algorithm. You, you understand uh-huh. that you you understand do you want do you understand like these corporate algorithms on these kind of sites? All right, here's uh, what, here's what I'm asking. It seems like on TikTok. Yeah, it seems like they have an algorithm that kind of hooks you in. Like you yes. post like a couple of videos, and then one does extremely well. Yes. So the consumption rate is so high that I think they can quite easily distribute it and get that engagement that people want. Um, sometimes you might want to question whether the the numbers are real in some sense. Um, I know Facebook got in a lot of trouble for inflating their video numbers, right? Auto-playing videos as you scroll through. But but on TikTok, I don't use it myself, but I've definitely watched people using it. And, and obviously I've got a business that is heavily involved in it. Swipe, 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 swipe. Right. People probably consume something like 100 videos within 20 minutes. So they can, they can distribute all of that and they can give people that, that little dopamine rush that they want by knowing that their video was viewed a thousand times or 500 times or a million times. Um, and their algorithm is arguably one of the most successful social media algorithms out there. Um, I, I have read through multiple discussions about it. Obviously, no one knows exactly. Now, what, now, what, now, now what is it? Now, what's their <laughs> algorithm that, ma- that made it different from other ones? So while, while no one knows what it is, my understanding is that one of the primary differences here is that they do a pretty good job at introducing outside content. So what will happen on, on a platform like Instagram is that once they start to collect your signals and definitely Spotify, they go too far down that rabbit hole. Um, so for example, uh, Spotify, the one I can think of is when my grandmother comes over for dinner, she's 92, bless her soul. I like to put on some uh aretha franklin or ella fitzgerald or louis armstrong i'd like to play some good oldies for her and just set the mood spotify has decided that that is it that is my go-to everything i look at is centered around that and so they've gone a little too far down that rabbit hole and i've, I've heard similar things about facebook and instagram and so i think what tiktok's done really well is that they learn from your interaction but they continue to introduce outside content. Um, and because you're so quickly zapping through it, you're probably not too phased if occasionally you're one out of every 10 videos, they try something from the left field. And I think they've done a pretty good job of feeding you with an endless amount of interesting content. You're right. I don't I know agree. if that's good for music discovery though. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, TikTok, obviously, I did a podcast earlier. And someone said to me, TikTok is music. Without TikTok, there would be no music. Now, I don't know if that's a really good statement because I don't think like 
the music industry just should depend on one platform to sell a product. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I don't know. I mean, it seems like TikTok has actually, to me, it, it, it has, it, people listen to music differently right now, right? I mean, they separated the song and the artist. But I think, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I spent some time on TikTok. I just find it very interesting that if somehow, if I post, if an artist or someone posts 10 videos on TikTok, it, it figures mm -hmm. out a way of how to reward them of like, wow, one did exceptionally well, keep on posting. What you're telling me is that's kind of mindful. Those algorithms are built for that type of stuff, right? I think so. Yeah. It's like casino. It's like a payout. Casinos want you to be there, right? It's kind of like- Sometimes people can pay submit up to a casino. <laughs> but I don't think so because they're, I don't think so because in, in, in submit hub, they're independent creative. Yeah. But from the artist perspective, when you, when you, it's all, it is almost like pulling the slot machine, right? You send it off to 20 people and hope that a number of them like and share it. I, I get the comparison that people draw. Um, it's almost a bit more like sports betting on horses, which I, I mentioned earlier where you where you can make informed decisions and improve your odds by doing the research beforehand but in some ways uh submit hub is a little bit like gambling for many artists because the odds are stacked against you but you are hoping for a breakthrough <laughs> so and it happens some artists do get it right but as i've mentioned countless times the artists who do see success on submit hub are not blowing up overnight and they're not becoming massive celebrities they're just leveraging the tool to keep that consistent buzz growing and get that snowball bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger i get it all right well jason so so lastly lastly i just want to you you originally worked at google and well you worked at google and they really liked the fact that you were a blogger running indie shuffle and this was prior from you working at another job that actually they did not really embrace the fact that you were a blogger, but you went to Google, no. Hey, you run Indie Shuffle. You're cool. You know, you're a music nerd. You love music. It actually helped you get the job, but you yes. left Google to, to focus on your blog full time. By the way, that happened to me. You know, what happened is I was actually a pharmaceutical rep. I was a legalized drug dealer. Nice. And I started <laughs> a blog. And and, oh. the, and and my blog was my introduction to the music business. So where you were working at Google, I was working at Farm Industries. Nice little parallel there. But um, but then you were offered a, a monthly kind of salary through Spin Mag that they were going to pay you like one. You're like, you saw that. I see it. I see you're it. like, oh, man. Behind you. Yeah. So, yep. so, so basically. $15,000 a month. Fifty thousand dollars a month. There, 15, and then one five, one five, one five. Oh, one five, one one fifty. Still a lot of money. That's one hundred eighty thousand yeah. dollars a year to run uh, a music blog. I take it, and and they, and they kind of yeah. like. So basically, Spin Mag Media offered Jason one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month, and uh, 15, 15, 15. Jeez, man, No, you said one hundred and fifty. I'm saying that's fifteen. One five, fifteen thousand. Oh, 15,000 a month. 180,000 a year. Oh, got it. Okay. They Still great him, money. Right. They offered him $180,000 a year. 
$15,000 a month. Okay. And they did that with all the big music blogs. They offered it to Hype Machine, Stereo Gum, Gorilla vs. Bear, uh, The Music Ninja. Basically, everyone who was was kind of buzzing at that time got this offer. uh, And we all signed it. And it all fell through. It all fell through. It was guaranteed, 100% guaranteed you will get paid $15,000 a month. And after a year of not paying, they went bankrupt. And they somehow blew through something along the lines of $30 million in one year. The company blew through it and the CFO just walked away with a nice pay package. Um, you, you know what was I was scam. actually, I was part of like- the heck out of them. Yeah, I, I was part of like back in the day, I was part of more of these advertising conglomerates where they had like, you know, you, you signed in, you had a bunch of sites, but well, all right, Jason, listen, um, I think we covered, did I, by the way, did I miss anything? Is there something that you wanted to discuss? I mean, that I missed? I mean, I, I think I praise Submit Hub. I think if anyone's listening to this, if they're an artist, they know they need to be on there. And by the way, <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm saying this, Listen, yeah. Jason is not paying me to say this. This is me. No, I'm a bit more humble and, and reserved about it. Um, I don't know. I Look, go into it with a level head. Hopefully this conversation helps inform artists uh, about the ups and downs of Submit Hub. Dean, Dean's praised many ups, but I, I tend to be a bit more um, realistic about it. It's difficult. As an artist, it's difficult. And at Submit Hub, we're trying to make that connection easier, but we're not perfect every time either. Um, but, but Jason, listen, here, but, but, here's a, but here's the thing, Jason, here's the thing. You are on the business of just creating opportunity and that, and, and you've done that. And I'm giving you proof of concept with that. You can't make any, you can't make everyone happy. You're not in the happy business. No, but, 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 but as long as you tell people up front that they might not be happy, then <laughs> well, I think the danger here, and I, and I see, so we've got a big competitor, Groover. I don't know if you've bumped into them, but they just picked up yeah. $7 million in funding. Perhaps you're on there taking submissions. I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm not actually, no. One of the mistakes I see them making that might work, but it's, it's a route I haven't done, is that they, in a way, overpromise and upsell the positives. So, you know, our artists have seen way more success. If you spend a lot more money, the more money you spend, the more success you'll have. Um, phrases like that, trying to coax people into spending more. Um, I, I am wary to do that just because it's setting false expectations. So you are right that you can't make everyone happy. But I think as long as you let people know upfront that uh, this isn't a place to come and, and buy guaranteed success, uh, I think that strategy has over the last six years helped us a lot. But I mean, on a day-to-day basis, we are still a a big part of our job is helping uh, artists who are, who who had missed expectations about the potential upsides of Submit Hub. Well, okay. I mean, and and, and there's one request I wish you could have, you actually have the the popular, the most popular artist on Submit Hub of the week, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wish I would love, because one of the things I do on my blog and my site is I'm, I'm just, I'm an artist site, but I'm also kind of like I touch on industry stuff. I wish that you could put together like a widget or something of, or something like a, an infograph okay. of like those popular artists anyway. So I could even post that. So. Huh. 
wouldn't be too hard, but um, I, I've had, I've, I've, I would have loved for the popular chart to take off in some way and be as influential as Hype Machine once was with A&R. Well, but, it's just uh, getting, but it's, that's just getting people to talk about that. You know, yeah. Rolling, like Rolling Stone, I, I emailed you a while ago and I said, hey, Jason, can you like create, like, I want like my own chart. Like, you know, Rolling Stone created their own, their own chart, right? Their own kind of music charts. Okay. And uh, their own, their own metrics for like, who are the most popular artists, who is the most selling. But yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think that, I think you could, I think you could actually, if you were to grow, like if you were to focus more on that popular submit hub chart and, and, and somehow gain attention to that, I think that would actually bring a lot of value. But um, lastly, South Africa. Where part of South Africa are you from? I'm in Cape Town. Cape Town. Oof. Down at the bottom. And uh, nice, it's nice. Well, you know what? I, I kiteboard. And I know Cape Town is a popular destination oh, yeah? for kiteboard. You know, kite, you know kiteboarding? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen some kiteboarders down here. Yeah, Cape Town's a very popular destination. So I never made to South Africa, but um, I, li I like to I like to get down there. Um, it's beautiful. So it's it's beautiful. Cost of living is great as well, especially compared to the states. Yeah, but uh, so well, I'll be back in the states soon. Right now, do, are, you, are you are you going to visit or are you plan to relocate? No, no, I'm I'm uh, for now I'm here. Uh, okay. I've got my kids at school here and but my my parents and my brother are in california so great get there yeah you do so we, you do we're gonna come out for a month month and a half i think all right yeah. all right all right jason well listen feel better um so uh, so we're you're another week another okay week. so 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 has this been hard for you to work with this concussion i haven't been working this is the most i've done in a week okay um, wow. it's, it's, it's weird. You, it, when I try to think, uh, it's been frustrating for my team as well. Cause, uh, they come to me asking questions and, and Dylan in particular is, you know, he's, he's a lot more involved in the strategy and the growth of submit hub. And I'm just here going, Dur. yeah. Huh? So, uh, it's frustrating, but, uh, next week. Next week. And are you adding more genres to your platform? Are you, are you going to continue to adding more genres? We add genres as people request them. Got it. So if you feel like some genres are missing or anyone listening feels that genres are missing, then um, you can either uh, email me at jason at or open a support ticket and, and suggest a genre. And I would say about 80% of suggestions end up getting added. Um, but there are occasionally crazy suggestions where we just kind of, <laughs> yeah. you can slice it so many ways, right? You've gone to everynoise.com, which is a, I don't know if you've been to that. Everynoise.com. Okay. It's, it's every genre. Oh, so it's, so, it's an incredible website. Actually, it, 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 it is incredible. Will, um, will we run out of genres eventually? <laughs> I highly recommend going to everynoise.com. It's got every genre in the world. Um, and what's amazing is that it's all, it's all sort of connected in this web. So you can see how they're all interlinked. And then when you click on a dot, mm. it will show you like New Zealand 80s punk. 
Wow. And then they'll, they'll play you a 10 second clip. I'm going to check that out. Every High day. funk. Boom. 10 second clip. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thanks. Listen, Jason, it was great talking to you. Uh, I know we went back and forth in email and, and on, on, on your platform, but like I said, uh, thanks for creating it. Made my job easier, helped artists out. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this thing grow. And, uh, you know, maybe when you're out in the States, we'll, we'll meet up. Cool. My pleasure. Thanks, Jason. Have a good day. Feel better. Thank you, Dean. You too. Bye-bye.